screech heard around the world as an F-35 goes missing and turns up in Swamp Fox territory of Williamsburg County in South Carolina. At least that's what we're told. Then we will zoom out to the immigration crisis that is coming to a head off the coast of Italy. So let's get into it. of the Magnifying Glass podcast. I am your host, Elena Moore, and today with me is my co-host, Liam Ford. On last week's episode, we had a South Carolina Week in Review with breaking news of updates in the Palmetto State and breaking down the possible Biden impeachment. On today's episode, we will cover the screech heard around the world and the mass frenzy of illegal immigration that is overrunning Europe. So let's go ahead into our first one, which is the screech that was heard around the world with the F-35 that apparently went missing on Sunday. So let's take a look at the timeline. So first we hear on Sunday, September 17th, it was announced, I've heard it first from police underscore frequency on Telegram, that a joint base in Charl- that the joint base in Charleston says they are looking for an F-35 plane after a quote-unquote mishap involving a pilot being objected, uh, ejected from it. The incident involved a Marine Corps Air Station Beaufort F-35B Lightning II jet from Marine Fighter Attack Training Squadron, or the VMFAT, 501, with the 2nd Marine Aircraft Wing, according to Public Affairs Specialist Jeremy Huggins. Huggins says that the pilot was safely ejected and taken to a hospital where they are in stable condition. The F-35 was apparently on autopilot during the time of ejection. Charleston was landing runway 15 to the southeast at the time, meaning that the F-35 possibly had flown itself into the Atlantic Ocean. That's at least what we heard on Sunday night. Now, some of the information that was coming in on Monday was really confusing. It was reported uh, from James Pollard and Tara Kopp from WSOC on Monday, September 19th, that the jet belonged to the most expensive weapon system program in the U.S. Department of Defense, according to a May 2023 report from the U.S. Government Accountability Office. A state law enforcement helicopter located the jet and debris around 5 p.m. Monday in a field near Indiantown, South Carolina. The pilot, who has, not been aden- uh, who has not been identified by the Marine Corps, did not have serious injuries and has been discharged from the hospital. The pilot uh, experienced a malfunction and was forced to eject on Sunday at an altitude of about 1,000 feet, which was 305 meters, just one mile north of the Charleston International Airport. So that is what we heard Monday evening around 7 p.m. Earlier that day, on Monday, military officials publicly asked for the public's help in locating the F-35. Then around noon on Monday, it was reported that an unidentified F-35 landed in Havana, Cuba. But the Cuban government would not give any information as to where the F-35 came from. Chris Jackson SC on Twitter, he's a local meteorologist in South Carolina, did a phenomenal job 
tracking airplane travel on Monday. Before it was even confirmed about a possible crash landing in Williamsburg, Chris observed lots of military activity happening in Williamsburg County and even stopped traffic on Old Georgetown Road, which is the road right along uh, the field that it landed in. Here are some of the photos that you can see from that. And Chris even found the full radio traffic from Charleston County EMS and fire for the F-35 pilot ejection beginning from the initial dispatch in until the cleared scene. I want you to listen really closely to this audio as you can hear someone in the background saying he's unsure of where his plane crashed so he just lost it, So it said he just lost it in the weather and you can hear it here. Medicaid, engine 210, 6938 South Kenwood Drive, cross streets, Marwood Avenue and Midland Park Road, fall, Delta response, incident channel EMS off, 1342. Show three, calling two, Jen. Calling two, two. Disregard, I read somebody now, it's for coming. All units responding Aviation Avenue, switch to incident 10. Two, two is back. Go ahead. We got patient contact. Fears Cat 3, the soul of the pilot. We're trying to get more information now. Copy, 1347. Engine 210. FED respond to this address. The um, adjacent sheet and parachute is in the backyard. We're going to have to secure this. Dispatch copy, 1348. Two dispatch. We spoke to the pilot. Um, He's unsure of where his plane crashed. Said he just lost it in the weather. I copy 1348. Engine 902 is responding. Coming by way. Copy engine 902. This meteorologist stated Monday evening that after listening to the audio and knowing the timestamps, he is fairly certain that the pilot flew the F 35 into a developed uh, mesocyclone. So keep that in mind. Later that day, as we know, it was reported that uh, they found debris in a field in Williamsburg County that is now believed to be the site of the F-35 crash two hours northeast of the base it took off from. It was reported by Insider Paper that Marines search for the missing F-35 officials ordered a two-day stand-down for all jets both inside and outside of the U.S. So it seems as if the military was freaking out a little bit, which I probably would too if I lost a over $80 million plane that was not really supposed to have any issues that we know of so far. Footage of the debris field of the F-35 jet from the field in Williamsburg County from Colin Rugg on Twitter, you can see here. And now for one of my favorite parts of this whole thing, a local Randolph White who is just about to turn 72 in October, was interviewed by a local news station, Count on Two News, where he said this. I had a chance to talk to a man who lives out here. He told me he actually heard the plane as it was flying past his house and crashing nearby, but he didn't know what it was. I'm almost October the 6th. I'll, I'll be 72 years old. Randolph White retired from his job at the paper mill in Georgetown 10 years ago. He lives in this house with his wife in a very rural area of Williamsburg County. Well, it's nice and quiet and peaceful, and I don't, 
I don't have to worry about people, look, you know, close up tight. You know, I like space. He loves living about two miles away from where he grew up. Normally, it's pretty quiet, but on Sunday afternoon... I was in the, uh, in the bathroom taking a shave, and I heard a, a screeching, solid, between a screech and a whistle. I said, what in the world is this? And I heard a boom. Then my whole house shook. White says he didn't realize it was a plane at the time, so he didn't call anybody. The first thought came to me. I said, well, must what, is a meteorite coming out of space or something? And I said, well, if the airplane, it needed to be reported. Look, the thing was flying is too low. So yesterday evening, I said, the helicopters, I'm out there walking. Choppers keep flying around. I said, well, somebody must, somebody must have robbed the banker, killed some people or whatever. So I walked up there. They told me it was about, about the plane. The F-35B airplane wreckage created an extensive debris field. The wreckage is located off Old Georgetown Road. Military security is very tight with numerous red and white signs on the side of the road that read, no trespassing. This area has been designated a national defense area. Just through the grace of God, nobody didn't get hurt. Because the church right up there, about a half mile. About a mile of Old Georgetown Road will be closed for an unknown period of time. Anything man-made can malfunction. You know, so you try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But it needs to be investigated, and the public needs to know what really happened. You know, it, it, it shouldn't be kept a secret what happened. Because, you know, it could have been a major disaster. And we have all of the information that we have been able to gather about this crash at our website. Just log on to countonto.com. In Williamsburg County, I'm Raymond Owens, Count On Two. And Randolph is right. There needs to be an investigation and the public needs to know. But that's not what seems to be happening. They have, the government or military, whatever you want to call them, has really shut down the area. It's all been taped off. They've got different people, different military outlooks standing in different places. You can't get in. If there was anybody in there, you probably couldn't get out. Uh, there, But there is a lot that we don't even understand that's going on because they never even gave us information in the beginning. They simply asked the public to help look for an F-35 and then when they find a field that they believe hold, holds the debris for this missing plane, we still don't know anything. They've locked it down. We have no idea. So, as you can imagine, people took to Twitter and Telegram and a few other social media outlets to come up with their own Theories. Let me show you one of my personal favorites that I found off of Twitter that pretty much says the U.S. DOD, the Department of Defense, is, um, let me say how to say this in the right way, is just doing going in its pants right now because the F-35 was actually shot down by what was apparently a small arms fire. While I don't know specifics, we do know that it was a large caliber 0.50 BMG or similar that engaged it while it performed hovering maneuvers. The pilot heard several ping, which was apparently the pilot's word, sounds, before seeing warning lights appear. He or she, don't know what the detail is, ejected shortly afterwards. The plane was performing low-speed maneuvers at approximately 2,500 feet over a sparsely populated area known to local law enforcement as having military activity, so those groups are prime suspects right now. 
They have already retrieved parts of airframe of it, the airframe, and this news came in about two hours ago of when this was posted, which was September 19th. Uh, POTUS is already being briefed, and federal LEOs are starting to investigate alongside military police. The story they are putting out that they lost it is to cover for the fact that American insurgents just downed the most capable airframe in the USMC's arsenal with commercially available small arms. The DOD is taking the approach of appearing to be stupid when it is actually incredibly weak. I would not expect them to ever publicly release that a backwoods militia down the aircraft as doing so would severely damage the already strained credibility of the armed forces. Even though I was part of the briefing, the details I was given are sparse due to the embarrassing nature of all of this. Now, I cannot confirm or deny any of this information, but it is very entertaining to just see everything that's coming out right now. So what actually happened? We have no idea. Because the military has locked down the area and has been extremely tight-lipped. To the point that Representative Nancy Mace is calling them out for a lack of transparency. And you know it's bad when Nancy Mace is speaking up about it. We know a lot about Nancy Mace, don't we, Liam? Well, I know that um, before the prayer breakfast, she was doing some very un-prayer breakfast-like things. <laughs> oh, man, that has to be... I don't know if I enjoyed that video or it just, it really made me want to clean my ears. Cringe. It was cringe. That's, I it think was, that's the best word for it. And at Tim Scott's breakfast. Ooh. Oh, golly. Um, don't make me think about that. <laughs> well, there's been some interesting things come out about Tim Scott, but we'll have to address that later. He loves with, McDonald's. He loves McDonald's and he apparently loves some of the women in South Carolina. Hmm. Oh, yeah. There's some cases coming out right now legally about that. But we'll get into that later. Any theory seems to really be fair game at this point. Maybe even Swamp Fox Marion Francis resurrected and decided he wasn't going to give the government... He, he didn't give the government enough hell in Charleston and instead brought them to Williamsburg County. That's what I seem to think sometimes. It's a little bit more fun since we have no information to put together. It seems the government will ask for your help to find an aircraft, but won't be clear as to what happened to it, where it was going, and where it ended up. How do you even expect your citizens to take you seriously at this point? Because the military seems to be a joke if they can't even give you basic details to locate an aircraft that they supposedly lost on their land. You know, I might be able to understand it, if it was out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean or the Pacific, maybe somewhere, you know, not in America and not within our land and especially not within 100 miles of the airbase that it flew from. It's just, the military seems to be a joke if they can't even give those basic details. It's really embarrassing. At least Biden has the excuse of his age what excuse does one of the most powerful militaries in the nation have? Absolutely nothing. Now, let's zoom out from this military activity in the low country, or the lack of. I can't really seem to tell what it is at this point. And look at the lack of military activity on the global scale, where it comes to illegal immigration in Italy. Yes, so... 
and actually maybe maybe we'll see some military activity related to immigration in Italy, um, but that's a little bit of a, a teaser for later. I, obviously, everybody knows in America that we have been facing a crisis with immigration, open borders, all of that for quite a long time. Uh, it's, it's ramped up in the last three years since Biden took office, but objectively, it's been a serious problem facing our country for well over 20 years. So everybody's familiar with that, but there's a European counterpart. For the U.S., we have the Darien Gap or Eagle Pass, the funnel basically through which all of these uh, illegal immigrants are making their way up through Central America into the U.S., and I'm sure you've seen that these are not just people from Venezuela or Mexico. They're not just from a couple of countries that are facing particular economic hardship or military conflict. The people that are coming across our southern border are from all across the world. They've captured well over 100 uh, different nationalities. The Customs and Border Patrol has. There are a couple of interviews from Fox News and from Real America's Voice at the border that have come out. Uh, people from Brazil, Chile, Ghana, uh, a whole group of, of immigrants from China. So the whole misconception that a lot of people have, even people who are maybe aware of the problem at the border, maybe aware of the lack of security that the United States has at its own southern border, they're generally not aware of just how bad it is and how many nationalities are taking advantage of our, of our lackluster security, to put it nicely. However, there's also a European counterpart to the Darien Gap or Eagle Pass, uh, and that is a small Italian island actually closer to the, the mainland of Africa than it is to Italy, but it's called Lampedusa. And you've probably seen videos coming out in the last week or so of huge mobs or, or, or just dozens of boats landing. The, the island of Lampedusa is part of a very small chain of islands. There's three islands, only two of which are inhabited, very small, less than 10 uh, square miles for the, all three islands combined. It has a population of of around 6,000. It's, it's actually, the population has actually been declining very slowly, very minimally over the last uh, decade or two. Now, there's been debate on the right with the whole immigration, illegal immigration, Im immigration crisis, open borders, all of that, as far as what qualifies an invasion. You know, it, is what we've seen at the southern border an invasion? Well, I think that anybody who's going to look at, the, at this picture objectively will, will be able to say that if you double the native population in less than two days, that clearly counts an invasion as an invasion. And that's exactly what happened uh, in Lampedusa. You had 7,000, between seven and 10,000, I'll say 7,000 just to be, to be generous, but it could have been a lot more than that, uh, 7,000 immigrants from Middle East and North Africa land in Lampedusa in less than 48 hours. And those numbers have continued to go up in the last day or two since this, this story started to break. And so that clearly crosses any vague line or, or some Rubicon, wherever, wherever you might draw that line of, oh, well, this is where immigration becomes invasion. Well, more than doubling in 36 hours the native population of an, of an island definitely counts. Now, what's a little bit interesting is that the new prime minister of Italy, Giorgia Maloney, who was elected or took office, I should say, in October of last year, 
ran on the whole, her whole campaign was focused on stopping immigration, walking down the border, protecting Italians, protecting Italy as a whole, protecting the, particularly the women and children of Italy from uh, the violent crime that often comes with these unvetted illegal migrants. But she's been pretty silent on it. In late July, uh, during her trip to America where she met with Biden at the White House, she was congratulated by Biden for her steadfast support not of Italy, not of, not of shutting down the border or taking care of her own people, but of her steadfast support of Ukraine. And it was the second time in only a couple of weeks uh, that her and Biden were together. On Ju uh, July 12th of this year, Biden, Maloney, and a few other uh, Western heads of state were with Zelensky at the NATO conference in Vienna, pledging their unyielding support to Ukraine and the war effort. Meanwhile, the most generous estimates I've seen is that she's deported 160,000, so less than 20% of the known illegal entries. For a candidate who ran on and was elected by the people because they believed that she would be hard on immigration, her administration has been an abject failure, and it's really become, come to a head in the last week or so in Lampedusa. But Again, if you're not familiar with Lampedusa, it's not a new crisis that this small island is facing. Uh, the record for the influx of illegal entries um, in, in Italy, again, it's not a new thing. Going back to 2015 with the Syrian migrant crisis, it's something that's faced southern Europe for a very long time now. In 2011 even, this was before the Syrian migrant crisis really kicked off, 51,753 illegal migrants landed in Lampedusa in 2011. So this is a very small island, and for reference, it's smaller than uh, the campus for the University of Duke. Uh, this tiny set of islands has seen well over 100,000 illegal migrants land in the last decade or so. Again, a population of 6,000, well overrun, well beyond whatever line you draw at invasion. And now while Giorgio Meloni is now, with all of the videos coming out of Lampedusa, all of the attention is getting on social media, uh, she's starting to make a call for you know a naval blockade of North Africa uh, and, and trying to prevent maybe some of these illegal migrants from making it onto Lampedusa and then they get brought into Italy and they get resettled all across Europe. But the truth is, she's been sitting on her hands. Italy has had great success at shutting down immigration before she was elected. As I said, uh, in, in 2016, there was over 181,000 illegal immigrations into Italy. However, in two years, so by 2018, they slashed that by almost 80% down to 23,371. How did they accomplish this? Well, they had a very anti-immigration interior minister, uh, Matteo Salvini, who instituted a closed port policy. Now you may think, oh, well, he must have been celebrated for this. What was the reaction? Why didn't he become the new prime minister even? Well, rather than being celebrated for this, he was brought up on charges uh, for refusing to let a boat owned by a non-governmental organization, NGO, called Open Arms, the boat was also named Open Arms, ironically enough, that had 151 migrants on it. Uh, he refused for it to boat uh, for it to dock, for the boat to dock for about six days, uh, and then he was brought up on kidnapping charges. And that's the thanks you get for doing your job, I guess. 
Now, this case was dismissed uh, in, in 2021, but the, the Senate of Italy actually voted again to launch their own investigation into his refusal to let this boat of 151 illegal immigrants dock. And so there was another investigation into him, which was eventually dropped for lack of evidence. Uh, and so you see the, the effect that if you do your job well, if you actually commit to your promise of stopping illegal immigration, what thanks do you get for doing your job, for protecting Italy, for, te for protecting Italians? You don't get a, a medal. You don't get a Congressional Medal of Honor or anything like that. You get brought up on charges. You have the Senate vote to indict you or pursue another investigation. So, again, this is no excuse for Giorgio Maloney's inaction on the issue. But again, it's, it's symptomatic of the problem where you have the only government officials that are actually able to do something to stop the illegal immigration are then brought up on charges by the other people in their government who don't want this to go through. And then the other people aren't even investigated ever. It's just the ones that do their job. Exactly. So, so if you're Georgia Maloney and you don't do anything, right, if you let Lampedusa and then Italy just get overrun by hundreds of thousands of migrants, then you're fine. You're protected. But if, if you actually do something about it, if you actually stop it, if you just refuse to let one boat with 151 illegal migrants dock for six days, not even saying you can't dock ever, just hold them off for six days, you'll get brought up on kidnapping charges and face 15 years in prison. I mean, it's, it's easy to see how there could be a conflict here. And, you know, maybe Georgia Maloney even has the best of interests. But again, it's kind of hard to act whenever you have this floating over your head that, oh, if I actually do what I said I would do, I could spend the next 15 years in prison. Now, I would love to get into the nitty-gritty of what happens uh, when these illegals get sent throughout Italy and throughout Europe. They get, they get re repopulated. Uh, but I don't think YouTube would actually keep this video up if I if I got into details on that. Yeah, we've already uh, been so testing some things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, don't want don't want any more warnings. Don't want to get this canceled before it gets off the ground. So uh, let me know in the comments because I'd be happy to do an article for Palmetto State Watch uh, where I will go into the nitty gritty detail of what's happening and why. How do I put this? Why parents with children in particular. Uh, seem to be waking up to the dangers of this unmitigated, unmitigated immigration uh, that's been happening in Europe for about the past decade, particularly from third world countries uh, that have a large portion of uh, Muslim populations. I don't, I don't want to get any more specific than that, a little bit of teaser, but if you want to hear more about that, if you want to see an article about that, uh, just, just let me know in the comments. I, I'd be happy to do that. Can um, you imagine yeah. what the Italians think about all of this? It, it, again, it's one of those things that, you know, you see, there's a video going around of the mayor of Lampedusa, you know, kind of standing in a square and, and, and saying, you know, these people aren't welcome here, but he doesn't have any power to do anything, right? He, he doesn't have a military. He can't, he can't, you know, have a naval blockade. This really has to come from high up in the Italian government, high up in the EU. And, and that's where you've seen the real stagnation is because people on the ground, people of Lampedusa, again, if you live on a small, quiet, very beautiful Italian island, do you want hundreds of thousands of unvetted illegal migrants from Africa and from the Middle East who don't speak your language, who have no understanding of the culture or the history that 
exists on your island, just landing there and just taking over? No, absolutely not. But they don't have the power to do it. That's why I'm, I want to focus on, and highlight Georgia Maloney and the inaction that she has been taking, or not taking, I guess I should say, for the past, what, 11 months since she's taken power. All of her campaign promises have basically just fallen flat. Italy is in a worse place now than it was before she took office. Italy has more illegal immigration now than it does when she took office. So she's failed, objectively failed at the main plank of her campaign. And I'll never forget and what she, uh, you remember her campaign? It went viral. It was, everyone it was. in America said, oh my goodness, why can't we get this here? Why can't we have an, a, a government official or president that holds the line like she says she's mm -hmm. going to hold the line? But then we started doing some digging and we started seeing those connections to George Soros. Right, and again, she hasn't been effective. At the bottom line, she hasn't been effective at what she said she was going to do, what she set out to do, what she said her administration was all about. And she was very strong on the campaign mm -hmm. trail, which is why people, again, even myself, were very hopeful of what she might do. She was very clear in the very graphic depictions that she would draw when on stage, whenever she was doing interviews or she was doing debates. She was very graphic with the details of what it was costing Italians to continue to allow this illegal immigration to to keep up and to keep up as particularly at the very fast pace that it's been in the last three or four years. Again, if you indict and try and throw in prison the only people in your government that are actually trying to protect you, then you're going to have real problems on your hands. I think that's the bottom line here. And you know, it, it's something that we see here in America too with the southern border. If if you know you're a if you're a rancher and there are people on your on your property committing illegal uh, activity, trafficking drugs, maybe threatening violence to your family, and you defend yourself, if you defend your family, then you're going to get brought up on charges. But you can have hundreds of thousands of people cross the border illegally and then get redistributed into New York or San Diego or wherever, and you completely lose them in the system. The, the problem is that this, this unmitigated immigration that we see in Europe, in America, it costs lives. It costs lives of those who are here legally, it's cost lives of those here, here, you know, who have been here for generations. It's the government's responsibility, and if the government doesn't protect their people, then the government has failed at its one and only obligation. At the, at the end of the day, the only reason you would have a government is to protect the sovereign citizens of that nation state. And the, the government of Italy has failed, the government of the United States has failed, the EU as a whole has failed, but yet we have here, and we can see Georgia Maloney, the far-right candidate, and you can see Joe Biden, the whatever <coughs> candidate, brain-dead candidate. The one that uh, they're getting together, and they're pledging support for Ukraine. And that's what really matters. And, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You don't matter. A citizen of Italy doesn't matter to the Italian prime minister. A citizen of the United States does not matter to the president of the United States. What they care about is Ukraine and making their people rich and climate change and all these really important things that you're just too dumb to understand. But they'll make money off of you and to fund all of their useless projects. Yep, yep. I mean, in the, in the United States, we just had is between one and a half and three million uh, dollar study to determine why 75% of lesbians are obese. <sighs> Brilliant. Real study, go look it up. That's, how the, that's what the government is spending your money on. So we'll, we'll give money to that, we'll send money to Ukraine, but if you ask us to secure the border, go oh, to Oh, unless we can go ahead and just, you know, lose 
80 million to 100 million dollars in an airplane that we can't even keep track of but hey let's look at the study of what's going on with the lesbians important stuff important stuff what can i say <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Magnifying Glass podcast. We delve deep, bringing the overlooked into focus and magnifying the stories that matter to you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and share. Help us shine a light on even more discoveries. I'm your host, Elena Moore, and remember, sometimes the smallest details make the biggest difference. Until next time, keep looking closer.